The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Welcome to the Great British Baking Sermon. I'm here today with Shalisha, and most of you know her. I'm pretty sure all you guys online know her, and most of you in Chambersburg do, but if not, Shalisha is normally Shalisha Keys. This is her over here. She is brilliant up and down these things. She makes beautiful music that we get to worship to. But Shalisha, I couldn't help but notice that um, in front of you are not the uh, regular instruments that you use. Nope, not today. These are baking supplies. So apparently we are baking bread today. Yes, we are. And you know what? I I like to, um, I don't know. I like to think of myself as like eating on a regular, like moderately healthy. Shalisha and I have a lot of food conversations. We love food. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, she takes beautiful pictures of food and posts them, and then my appetite runs wild. Um, you know, so I, I like to think that I like to eat healthy most of the time, but there is one aroma, Shalisha. There is one aroma that I have my little salad in the car on the way to work, and I know I'm going to eat healthy that day. And if I pass by a certain place and a certain aroma is in the air, it will literally pull me out of my car, make me float through the air like a cartoon. Um, It is the smell of fluffy carbohydrates rising in the oven. So I'm super excited to be making bread today. I've never made it before. I don't know what we're looking at or what we're doing. Um, So I'm going to ask you a couple of things, but let me remind you, before we go any further, this is the great British baking show, so... What are you implying? (laughs) Oh, my God. I think you, it's tea time, everybody. Here we go. Okay, so let's, let's stay with that, because I'm going to need that to get into the British You want me zone. to do the accent? I, stay on it. Do you stay on it? Thumbs up in the comments if All she right. needs to rock. We'll see how it goes. Mrs. Dalfire. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, so to answer your question, the thing that makes bread so lovely is that in many ways it's very simple. Simple. Almost all types of bread are made with just a few ingredients. Flour, water, salt, perhaps some oil, and some type of leavening or rising agent like yeast. Okay, so, I mean, I know this is basic knowledge. I'm serious. I've never made bread at home. People brought me bread, and I'm like, you can do this at home. I thought you could only do it in, like, a factory or a bakery. Okay, but so what I'm seeing is that the ingredients matter. Like, for example, if we wanted to do a different kind of bread, uh, it would either take more ingredients or different ingredients, right? Well, this is what I find fascinating. You can make slight variations to the ingredients. For example, sweet breads need added sugars or sugar. if you want to add any fun ingredients for flavor or texture. But once you have the foundation of your ingredients, what really takes bread from simple to more complex is time okay. and temperature. So how long you let the bread rise, yes. how long you allow it to bake in the oven, and of course, how hot you want the oven to be. So it's like on the show... Uh, on the show, The Great British Bake Off, they have to do, the contestants have to do several, like, challenges. Yes. And there's one of them where they don't tell you the temperature. The technical challenge. (laughs) Or they don't tell you the temperature. And so, as you can imagine, this could be a recipe for disaster or at least make it so um, the ingredients don't always turn out as expected. 
I love the quote from the show. He said, great flavor, but not very well executed. Story of my life. I don't know if I'm excited or whether I'm convicted, but I feel like that's going to end up being the story of my life. Uh, people will talk about me when I'm gone, and they'll say, yeah, he tried. But my tombstone will still say, but did you see his kicks, though? Did you see his sneakers? Great flavor, but not very well executed. How is it that we can start off and have all the right ingredients, but not get the results that we hoped for? If we're being honest, all of us would like at some point in time to get to the place where we look at our life now or we look back on it and what we have made is this beautiful, decadent, three-layered chocolate cake. But what we get looks a little more like this guy. There's three layers to that, but that ain't chocolate, y'all. Don't make me quote Jurassic Park on what that actually is. How can we start off with all the right ingredients and still what we get at the end is not the best of the great British bake-off? We can start with the right ingredients. Shalisha said that, the ingredients. And even though they're simple and they can make something amazing, so you don't have to have a lot of them all the time, but you probably have to have the right ones. You can start with ingredients like talent, education. You can have money. You can come from the right home. Go to the right school. You can do all the right things. You can say yes to all the things you're supposed to say yes to, no to all the things you were not supposed to do, and still you get to this place in life and you look at your life and what the ingredients listed out is not what you came up with. It's not the best. It's not the winning contestant on the baking show. See, having all the ingredients together in the bowl, like Shalisha's doing right here, they were here, and now they're in the bowl, and you're going to mix them, right? Right. Yeah, so you can have them all together mixed into the bowl, but she said something very important. Two very important parts of what makes a recipe is the time and the temperature. See, the ingredients all together in that bowl don't have anything to do with what happens when they go in to the oven. What we are made of, who we are, what we will be, only truly comes out when it is placed into the heat of life. When it goes into the oven, the heat of life, when things start to get hot and there's pressure, at some point in time, all of us will eventually face the heat of life. Some of us, unfortunately, it starts way too early. There are kids and young people already tossed into the oven of a difficult life before they even get the foundation of adulthood underneath them. For some of us, it may not hit us until we graduate college. For some of us, we might not feel the heat until we're in a midlife crisis. But at some point in time, the oven will turn on and we will go into the heat of life. The heat of life is 
stress. The heat of life is challenges. The heat of life is the unexpected, the unfair, maybe disadvantages. And the oven is on. And at some point in time, we will go into it. The heat of life can burn up dreams. It can scorch relationships. It can melt hope. And maybe as I back up a little bit, maybe some of this feels a little foreign to you because as I talked about some of the ingredients, maybe those ingredients are so distant from you, you can't even relate to them. I'm talking about a, coming from a good home or having money or whatever and going to the right school. Right school? Maybe you had the complete wrong neighborhood. Maybe your ingredients weren't the best home. Maybe it was half a home or no home. Spence, you're talking about talent as one of the ingredients. I don't have talent. Well, unless you count juggling. I can juggle multiple jobs and, a, and an addiction habit and a couple broken relationships. So, yeah, I guess I have that. Maybe you were expecting to get a mess when life goes into the oven because you started with bad ingredients to begin with. At some point in time, our ingredients will leave the bowl, they'll go into the mix. What we're made of will go into the oven of life. Now, I've seen people, I've seen people be able to get it out the mud when they had the, all the right ingredients to make a mud pie out of their life. I've seen it. I've seen people be able to take the worst of ingredients and turn it into something beautiful, just as good as somebody who had all the right ingredients to start off with. And I've seen the same, or the converse, rather. I've seen all the right ingredients go into the oven and come out in a burnt life. So what do you pray for? What do you ask for? If the right ingredients can mess you up, if the wrong ingredients can give you a mess, what's the equalizer there? Well, it's, it's an ingredient that, if you're paying attention, Shalisha named it. I'm going to talk to her about it in a moment. But Jesus talked about it, too, to his disciples. It's an ingredient that you'll see in Mark chapter 8. Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples. And it says in the beginning that, you know, they were, they were going for a walk. So it's hiking season. Where's all my hikers at? I'm, I'm, I'm a moderate hiker. If you're online, give me, a, give me your best hiking emoji. I'd like to see that. The little tree or the little guy walking up the hill. You guys at Chambersburg, go ahead and just be proud. Will you wave that hiking hand around? Let everybody see you're one with nature. You know the best part about the hike? It's the backpack. The best part about the hike is the backpack because that's where the snacks at. That's where you pack all the snacks. That's where you take the granola and the, and, the, and the chewy bars and fruit snacks and little juice boxes that you only got when you were a kid. And to fix my hat for that. And the best of all, the Uncrustables. This, this, this greatest invention in in all of history, as far as the PBJ goes, the removal of the part that nobody likes anyway, the crust, and it's in a nice little empanada pocket, and you, you, you carry it along with you, and when you're ready, you, you can eat two, three of them things and not feel guilty because it's just so cute. Well, the disciples go on a journey, and they don't completely fill up the backpacks. Take a look in the scripture. It said that the disciples had forgotten to bring the bread. 
You get the first aid kit, you get the waters, you get the two-way radios, whatever. I don't know if you take those on a hike. You get this. You get, somebody's job it was to go grab the Uncrustables. Meanwhile, back at the house, on the counter, condensation all over the packs, sit the Uncrustables because somebody forgot to bring the bread. And so they forgot to bring the bread except for the one they had with them on the boat. And so Jesus, never missing an opportunity to go a little farther into the stories of life, kind of like what we're doing right now, this series. This is, this is why we love this series, right? Because it's not just a baking show for us. We can actually go a little further into it. And that's all Jesus is doing here. He sees an opportunity to teach his followers about something very important. So they start going off about the bread. Who forgot, who forgot to bring the bread? You didn't bring the bread. And he goes, hey, by the way, be careful. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast. There it is. There's that ingredient. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discuss with one another saying, it's because we have no bread. See, I, I, I live around young adults and teenagers, and one of the first things they can't wait to do whenever things like that emoji hit the fan, um, they can't wait to go, see, and point at one another and blame one another. Yo, he's talking to you, so you're supposed to get, that's what they was doing. And Jesus says, I will turn this camel around. I'm not talking about the bread. Listen to me. He says, Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked him, why, why are you talking about that? that I'm, just, I'm trying to make a point. He says, why are you talking about bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Are you, are you saying, are you not paying attention? Uh, Jesus does this often to them, like trying to get through. Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? Don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? And of course, they're in trouble. All right, the disciples, he's, he's, he's reprimanding them. How many baskets of pieces did you pick up? And they're trouble, so they go, 12. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets, pieces did you pick up? Seven. Right. Do you still not understand? He was talking to them about the yeast of sin. Now, he was using one particular example. He's talking about the, the sin of the Pharisees. The Pharisees' sin, it's just one example, the Pharisees' sin was the fact that they wanted to look genuine about the things they did to and for God and for people, but they weren't. In their hearts, they really didn't mean it. They were selfish, and that was a sin. And Jesus said, it's a yeast. That sin that they have, it's a yeast. And he was warning them not against just that particular sin. He was warning them against all sin. And he calls it a yeast. He says, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. He calls it yeast. Shalisha, you are... Working away here, girl. <laughs> why, why would Jesus use yeast here in this story as an example about sin? Like, what, what is, why would he say that? What, help me understand a little bit. What is yeast's job? What does it do? Well, it's basically a really cool science project. <laughs> so, yeast reacts with the sugars in the dough. Mm -hmm and it converts it into carbon dioxide gas, 
which forms bubbles and causes the bread to rise and expand. So there's like a, you call it a science project because it's like there's, once this gets in there and talks to this and talks to this, it's like a transformation that happens in there. Yes, and it's actually a type of fermentation. And that's the key to nice, light, airy, fluffy bread. So here's the question, because I don't know if we all saw you do this or not. You still have a good bit sitting here. How much yeast does it take? Well, this is what's mind-blowing, to realize that the yeast measurement is only about 1% to 2% of the measurement for the flour in the dough, so... 1% to 2%. But it affects the entire loaf and causes the bread to rise with just a tiny amount. It's about this much right here. But there's so much dough right there, and it only takes that little bit. Right. This is what he was talking about. This is why when he was trying to explain this to the disciples, he used the example of the time that he multiplied bread. He said, I started with a little bit, and how much did we get from it? A lot. I started with just a couple of loaves, and it grew. It spread. Our lives, no matter the ingredients, the best or the worst. I want to keep saying that because I want to make sure we both get that because this, this, this equalizes everyone in the room. Because one of the things we can definitely do is look at somebody else's life and think, if I would have just started off in that neighborhood, my life would be completely different right now. And meanwhile, somebody who had all of that is looking at somebody else who didn't have and saying, how come they have it all together? Our lives don't fall apart in the oven because of the ingredients. They fall apart when the heat hits because somewhere down the line in our lives, just a tiny drop, just a little bit of sin was allowed to get into our lives, interact with the ingredients we were given, best or worse, and blow it up. I think about that because I, I, like to, I, I like to look at the ingredients I had growing up and still have today. And I think that I, I could have some that somebody else has, but I'm thankful for the ones that I do have and still see the ones that I don't have. And no matter what I see there, when I, when I see the concern of Jesus about this, I, I have this, it's almost like a fear, at least a high concern that any of my ingredients could at any given time be affected by this tiny little drop of, of sin. Just one little bit of it into our reasoning of right and wrong. One little look, one click, one, just one try. I'm just gonna try. <laughs> One. That has the power to, to spread to every area of my life and just change it and blow it up? Man. 
We had all the right ingredients for a happy ending. Now we just have an ending. Or I didn't have the right ingredients anyway. And now what you're telling me is that sin can even ruin the little bit that I have and make a mess. Like yeast interacting with the ingredients and getting in there and transforming and turning what was sugar and flour into carbon dioxide bubbles and, ch and changing it. Sin can get into our lives. If you need a little clarification on what I mean by sin, sin is a, is a spiritual sickness. It's what can make the best or worst of ingredients do wrong go wrong. If God is over here, sin drives you to go over here. And we all have it. And a little bit of it can get into our lives and it can take the best of our ingredients. It can take a great ingredient like education and it can turn it into skepticism and the foolishness of being wise in our own eyes. It can take the beautiful ingredient of having plenty and turn it into greed and materialism Sin can transform your upbringing into separatism and racism. Sin can take a moral compass and turn it into a compromise. It can change principles into lies. Sin can take wisdom, a great ingredient, and turn it into arrogance. You see it? it the ingredient's still there, but somehow it's, it's, it's changed. All of a sudden, it's, it's come this totally opposite thing. It can take powerful influence and turn it into manipulation. It can, trans it can transform a great foundation for success into self-sabotage. Just a drop. The dough rising yeast process. It takes what, Shalisha? It takes, on the clock, time. Time. It takes time. All of us have a limited amount of time. And if we get to the end of our time and sin has blown up our life, it'll just be the beginning of our destruction in eternity. I had to preach not too long ago on a destination, a spiritual and real destination called hell. And what sin wants to do is burn up our lives here just to burn it up there. Now, I hope that that leaves a really bad taste in your mouth. Because it left the same bad taste in God's mouth to the point where he said, nope, send it back, and he ordered something else. He ordered something so much better. Jesus uses bread and yeast in this first illustration to talk to his disciples about sin. And, and I, I love this because remember, best of ingredients, worst of ingredients, you could end up in the same place no matter what. So Jesus, the same way, takes the same example that he talked about he said, this is, yeast, sin is like a yeast. Oh my God, it, it, it spreads, it could, it could destroy. But there's another instance where he uses bread and he talks about yeast. And here in Matthew chapter, chapter 13, he says, the kingdom of heaven. Now that's different. Oh, sin, sin is like yeast. But wait, but wait, best ingredients, worst ingredients, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. The kingdom of heaven 
It's like yeast that a woman named Shalisha took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it all worked through the dough. It only takes a little bit of sin to fling open the doors in our lives and come in and ruin it, but the same way, man, it only takes a little bit of faith. Jesus calls it mustard seed. Mustard seed faith, the tiniest of all the seeds, but yet it can grow into something that birds can land on. A little bit of faith, the same way that just a drop of sin can blow our lives up, a little bit of faith can do more. Faith in what? Well, faith in bread. Another time. Again, bread. And I'm guessing that Jesus was intentional about how many times he talked about bread because he calls himself the bread of life. Beautiful scene. He's sitting around the table with his disciples. Olive Garden, when you're here, your family. So the endless breadsticks are just flowing across the table. Don't you love those things? Jesus takes the bread that night. And again, he's going to use it to make a powerful statement. He takes the bread and he breaks it and he says, you know, this is what's going to happen to my body in just a short time. It's going to be broken. Meaning, Jesus was about to suffer great pain. His physical body, beaten, abused, broken. And when a body is broken open, he took the cup, the cup of wine on the table, And looking very much like wine spilling from a cup, he said, listen, when my body's broken, my blood is going to pour. Obvious, when there's an injury, there's bleeding. He was telling them that he was going to be beaten so bad and crucified so bad that he would bleed out and die on a cross. He did this because he knew that his death on that cross could stop the yeast power of sin in our lives from blowing us up and destroying us now and for eternity. And so God allowed it, but it was still a bad taste in God's mouth. I mean, who would want to see their own son endure such a pain and such a brokenness? So God ordered the resurrection for dessert. He, he brought the same Jesus, the same Son of God that died in our place for our sin out of the grave into new life so that, this is the best part, this is the best ingredient in the recipe, so that anyone who would take just a little bit of faith and believe what I just told you, that Jesus died for you, me, died for me, died for you, was willing to be broken body broken like a piece of bread, blood poured out like wine spilling from a cup, so that if we would believe that God brought him back to life, we could be freed and forgiven from sin and given a new life. Just like yeast. Just like yeast spreading into ingredients and changing them just a little bit, Sin can do that in our lives, but man, just a drop of faith to believe that can go even further. Shalisha, I like that today we got to talk about yeast um, and what it does. 
And, you know, when I, when I think about our ingredients that we bring to the table, we're bringing to the mixture what God can do with them, the best of them and the worst of them. You, you have something else over here that you haven't used yet right. in a recipe. What, what is this? I wanted to mention something about sourdough bread. Rather than the traditional yeast that you purchase on a store shelf, this type of bread uses live, active bacteria, and it moves. And you said bacteria? It's bacteria, and you can see it in this jar growing and moving, and it even... Now, it looks like a little kid was baking with you and just said, this is stuck in... It appears to breathe, little bubbles. <laughs> and that bacteria, which sounds... Horrifying. Yes. Is actually the key to the leavening for that particular type of bread. See, on its own, this is something. I'm sorry, it's disgusting. Like, I'd always heard, like, I love sourdough bread. Somebody made me some not too long ago. I ate half the loaf, don't judge me. Um, but, like, I, you, you think the term sour, I automatically I think of sour milk. I'm like, no, you don't put that into your mouth. No, you don't do that. And so, this on its own is. Bad, even. Dangerous. Dangerous. Deadly. In, in, but you're saying that this ingredient that otherwise would be harmful on its own now becomes something that we could eat? Exactly. It's pretty incredible. If it's all right, I think I'm going to drop the accent because Please. this is actually something really important to me because when I see that... And when I hear you saying what you're saying, I see God using the worst parts of us. The worst. The least of our ingredients, even the mistakes that we feel are just completely irredeemable. And he can turn them into something beautiful and life-giving, like bread. And he can turn things around and instead of throwing those parts away, he uses them to make us stronger and more resilient, which I think is pretty much a miracle, and if we were to look at our lives like a loaf of bread, we might be tempted to see the holes as flaws, but it's only by allowing God to work through our imperfect humanity that we can really rise to our best potential. She sings, she plays music, she bakes, she speaks the word of God, and she's not single, so back off. <laughs> Shalisha, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to prepare um, something beautiful and for helping us see that wonderful point. Um, would you guys make some noise for Shalish? She's, she's been a beautiful part of today. Um, see, when I think about that same illustration that God can use the worst, I see someone's actual story. I, I see the story of Jeff Henderson. You may not know that name, but if I say Chef Jeff, you might know. Um, Jeff had all the right ingredients to spend his life in prison. He had the ingredients of a drug dealer. He had the ingredients of an inmate. And so his oven, the heat of life that he was in, was a nice prison cell. But while there, he added some yeast to his ingredients. Where the, where, the sin, where the yeast sin had blown up his life before, he had now made the choice to take the same ingredients, 
start all over. And this time he added a little bit of yeast of faith in Jesus, specifically in Jesus. His life now looks like a world-renowned chef, a TV celebrity. And the turning point for him was a moment of faith where even in the mess, even in the bacteria of some sourdough, God used the very thing that was blowing his life up and turned it in, man, to something that is appealing, delicious. (laughs) What we're gonna do now is I wanna take us back to that moment with Jesus and the disciples. Something that we do in the church is we, we like to celebrate and remember that moment where Jesus sat around the table when he took bread and he broke it. And the reason that we do this is it's not to just be religious or traditional. That's beautiful. It's not why we do it. The reason that we do this is because when we remember, and that's what Jesus says, I want you to do this and remember, when we remember that his body was broken, What he did for us, it helps us see that little bit of sin and give it no chance. It deserves no place where Jesus has done something great for me. And it's a chance to be thankful. God, thank you for forgiving me. When I think about Jeff's life, I see the scripture of Romans 5.20, even the worst of us, even our mistakes. The scripture says it like this. It says, yet where sin was powerful, God's undeserved grace was even more powerful. This is God's undeserved grace. When we take communion, we remember God's undeserved grace. And so we're gonna do that. If you guys at home in line, we told you um, that we're gonna do this. Hopefully you have something. If not, please go get some crackers or some bread. Just something simple right now. That's, That's what we're giving out here, just little pieces of bread. And just a moment at your campus, we're going to dismiss you to come forward to get communion, or it'll be handed out to you depending on where you're at. But here's what I want you to know. Who is supposed to do this? Who is supposed to be a part of this? Those who believe in, who have just just a little bit of faith, if anything, in Jesus. And maybe today... Today's the day that you activate that little bit of faith. You can, right now in this moment, if you haven't had a chance throughout the rest of the service to say, Jesus, I believe that. I don't have much faith, but I'm gonna put it in you. I believe that you died for me, that God brought you back to life for me. I don't want sin to blow up my life. I want you, I want eternity. All you need to do is believe that with a yes, yes. Say yes. And if you do, just let us know. There's gonna be a QR on your screen. Please hit that. Fill it out. Let us know. We're going to follow up with you. At the campus, we have a prayer team. They're going to to be in the back of the room at Chambersburg. You could tell them after service or during this moment. You can let them know. Anybody today can come and pray with our prayer team. They would love to pray with you. And in a moment, the worship team is going to start a song. There'll be a point in time in the song where they come up and they lead you in communion. But here's what you're going to do while you're waiting for your pieces or while you have it and you're waiting to take it, here's what you're going to do. The Bible's very clear that what Jesus did 
was something nobody else can do. And it was heavy and it was painful and none of us could ever bear it. It was the price he paid to forgive us of our sins. One of the things you want to do before you take communion is use that time to talk to God about sin. It still comes around. It's still an ingredient on the shelf that every now and then wants to make its way into our mixture. And if you deal with it while it's still a drop, man, you save yourself so much pain, so much hurt. So use this time right now to let God talk to you. Talk to him. Maybe confess. Maybe ask for wisdom about the sin in your life and what to do about it. I'm going to pray. And then I want you guys to have that same moment with God. Father, we thank you for the bread of life, Jesus. In this moment, God, there will be people, your people, online, in Chambersburg, anywhere, that may want to have a moment with you and talk to you about sin in their lives. Maybe they've never confessed and asked for forgiveness. I, I pray that they, that they do that today. For those of us that have Jesus, we know that sin still wants to come on our lives and we can deal with it. You dealt with it. So I pray in those moments that you'll give them clarity, that you'll give them Holy Spirit conviction, contest the things in our lives that want to blow us up, and in place, increase our faith in you, our faith in what you did for us, our faith in who we could be, the, the beautiful meal that our lives could look like when we make it through the oven of, of the, the heat and the stress and the pain of life. God, on the other end, you, you want to do something amazing. We have to let faith spread through our lives. And I'm asking for that to happen in everyone's life who's praying with me right now, who's going to pray to you in just a moment, who's going to share in communion together. We thank you. Thank you, bread of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.